Welcome back to Orange Nation. Steve, just an uplifting artist of the day today. It's actually three artists of the days. We are uh, remembering a tragic day in American history. The day the music died was today in 1959. Steve, this song by Don McLean. Eight and a half minutes of beautiful music. Is it eight and a half minutes? Yes. I knew it was a long song. I didn't realize it was that long. You want to hear a crazy story? Yes. I, uh... I had a guy I used to travel with, with SU, who would put that song in the car when we would go on road trips together, and it would be on one side, on like a single, yeah. and it was on the backside too, and he would just play it on loop oh. over and over and over again. That doesn't sound like fun. Way to bring down the room, right? Uh, all right, we uh, we go to our guest line, bring in our first guest today. He is the voice of the Boston College Eagles. Uh, Josh Maurer is our guest on the show. And, uh, Josh, we, we, let's start with what everybody wants to know, and that is, you know, tell us about this win over Clemson the other night. Uh, how did BC go out and, and get it done? You know, we know Clemson is, is leading the way in the conference, certainly one of the better teams in the conference. How did they get the job done on uh, on Tuesday night? Start with asking me about American Pie. It's one of the great, one of the greatest songs I think ever written. Uh, that is a good question. How did they beat Clemson? You wouldn't have thought it was possible on paper, but you know that's why they play them. And the real reason was Boston College's defense, especially at the end of the game. Clemson guys, they didn't make a field goal for 13 minutes. Wow! Until the game was pretty much decided from the 13 and a half minute mark. And so there were fewer than 30 seconds left in the second half. Clemson didn't make a shot from the floor. They missed 17 in a row. And I don't care who you're playing. You're not going to win a game when you go 13 minutes without making a basket. Now, they scored some points. They had some free throws during that time. But the reality was, I think it was probably a combination of Boston College's defense, which was the best it's been in a month. And Clemson just had one of those nights where they just couldn't throw the ball into the ocean. But that was a huge win. It's by far and away the most impressive win that BC's had this season. And they're feeling pretty good about things coming into tomorrow. Yeah, I mean, you, you look at, at what they've done this year, and you know they, they beat Virginia Tech. Uh, they almost beat Duke, maybe should have beaten Duke. Uh, they gave North Carolina some trouble in Chapel Hill, and, and they just beat Clemson. What, what are we to make of this BC team that, um, you know, nobody was really talking about them coming in, but here they are, the middle of the pack in the ACC, and they're, uh, you know, certainly they've shown of late that they are capable of knocking you off if, if you don't play your A game. I think that's a good way to put it. They're frisky, right? Yeah. Uh, and the reality is that the BC team wasn't whole throughout the first two months of the season. The first game that Quinton Post, their center, played was the game at the Dome on New Year's Eve day, and he was just coming back from a foot injury, so he wasn't really himself yet. But if you look at what Quinton Post has done over the last few weeks, he's been one of the best players in the conference. He's averaging over 20 points for the last four games. Uh, he's been a beast. This is the guy they hoped they were getting when he transferred a couple of years ago. And now all of a sudden he's blossoming into a guy who looks like kind of a fringe NBA prospect. That's how good he's been. So when you played your first two months of the season, really the whole non-conference year, without your best player, it's hard to really judge what the team could have been. And I think that was a big reason that there wasn't really any talk at all about Boston College being a, a factor in the ACC this year. But with a healthy Quinton Post, I think they are. Uh, I mean, at least, as you say, they're capable 
of beating just about any team in the conference if they have their night. And that's what they showed against Clemson on Tuesday. But even that being said, the way that they play, they're always going to be in a low possession, hope to be in a low-scoring game. There's just really not a lot of margin for error with this team. Yeah, they, they do make their free throws. You mentioned Quentin Post. I was just looking at his stats. He's 30 for 31 from the free throw line this year uh, at 97%, averaging 15.5 points, six boards per game. And you're right, he didn't play all that much in the, the first meeting in the Dome, only played 17 minutes, um, and, and he's kind of back up to speed now, and as you said, playing awfully well. But what can we take from that first meeting, if anything, since it was you know so long ago, and as you're saying, BC was a different team, and, and honestly, from a Syracuse perspective, SU was a much different team uh, at that point of the season as well. Yeah, I think the biggest takeaway for me is that BC just has, for whatever reason, not played well at the Dome for a decade. They haven't won in any of their last nine trips. And frankly, they haven't really been close to winning in any of those nine games. Now this one, I'll give BC credit. They battled back. They didn't have a very good start. And then ended up, if you guys remember, they took the lead almost midway through the second half. Boston College was in front. And the last 10 minutes of the game, it was an onslaught. And and Syracuse just absolutely blew the doors off the place and won easily. But there was, for a good 30 minutes of that game, it, it it was a battle. Uh, but I, truthfully, for me, I've been doing the BC games for five years, and the drought in the Dome goes even further back than that. They just haven't played well in that building ever in the, in the last decade. So that, that was my biggest takeaway is that that just kind of continued. Uh, but the other thing is, too, just to note, BC hasn't beaten Syracuse at all anywhere in five years. And they play two times a season. So this has been a really one-sided rivalry of late. This uh, this might be the old uh, announcer curse here. You're putting it into the universe, and, and uh, this may change tomorrow. Uh, you, you know, you saw Syracuse uh, up close and personal uh, back on, on New Year's Eve, and, and I'm sure that, you know, you've, uh, I'm sure you watch a lot of ACC basketball, and you've seen that of late they've, They've given some good teams trouble, right? I mean, they they took Miami down to the wire. They took Carolina down to the wire. They took Virginia down to the wire. They just can't quite make that one or two extra plays they need to to, to pull out the win. What what are your observations and, and your impressions of, of, of this Syracuse team? Yeah, and I, I watched a lot, almost all of the, the North Carolina and the Virginia home games the last couple of Mondays. I really think it's just a possession or two away really seemingly game in and game out from being a fringe NCAA tournament team. And and that's the the real thin margin that you have in this sport where you only get 30 opportunities a year. And then some of them are even more important because you're playing a quality opponent chance to get a big win. And you know what, for whatever reason, they just haven't been able to get over the hump in those big games, but they've been right there. So that shows you that there's the talent and the ability to, to be able to pull off a marquee victory at some point during the season. I, I would imagine that they will. And Jim Beheim teams, guys, they get better as the season goes on. So I think February is probably going to look a little bit differently than, than January did, and then certainly December did for the Syracuse team. From a Boston College perspective, I know they're hoping that it doesn't start. <laughs> doesn't start with the first game of the month, but just knowing the history and seeing how close – the Orange have been, you kind of figure that they're going to pick, pick off a few wins and uh, maybe a few impressive wins down the stretch, but we'll see. I, I, I think, obviously, having had almost a full week to prepare for Boston College is going to help. 
Uh, and I expect I, I expect Syracuse to play pretty well tomorrow. They, as I said, they generally do against BC, and in recent years, they always have played well against Boston College. All right, along those lines, then when you look at this matchup, kind of a two-part question here: uh, What is the biggest issue for BC that that Syracuse presents? And then maybe on the flip side, is there a certain matchup that you think the Eagles will try to exploit? A certain matchup that you think they have an advantage in going into tomorrow's game? The biggest issue for me is is shooting against the zone, and that's been an issue for really the the five straight years where BC's lost nine straight games. They haven't made enough outside shots, and they're going to have to do it to beat Syracuse one of these times. They're going to have to be able to be effective from the three point range, and that's been frankly it's a it's a season long problem for Boston College. Statistically, they've been one of the worst three point shooting teams in the country, uh, and. and to beat Syracuse, you're going to have to make some outside shots. You just, you know, that, that's the recipe, right? And and BC has not been able to do that. So I think that's the the one thing to look out for from a Boston College perspective tomorrow. Can they shoot at least make a few shots from the perimeter to be able to be in the game? As far as matchups, I I I'm really looking forward to watching a healthy Quinton Post go up against Jesse Edwards. And I don't know who's got the advantage in the matchup, but look. Look, they're both terrific, terrific Syracuse or, or, or ACC big men, traditional centers. Uh, they're both from the same country. They're both from Amsterdam, right? Yeah. So they, they come from the Netherlands. Uh, there's a little bit of a, a friendly rivalry there, I know, between the two guys because of that. And, uh, and I know that gives them a little extra incentive when they go up against one another. I, so I'm looking forward to seeing that matchup, hopefully for 25 or 30 minutes tomorrow. Yeah, should be, uh, should be a lot of fun. And I guess it's just the last one for you, you know, as you look at this BC team and you know, hovering right around 500 both overall and, and in the conference, um, what, is, what is the goal the rest of this year? And, and what do you think is, is realistic for this program in the next year or two moving forward? Do you think they can you know, get into the top half of the ACC and, and, and maybe you know, make some progress here uh, as it pertains to, uh, to the ACC? That's the million-dollar question, and I, I I would be lying if I told you I had the answer because they've been trying to figure that out for a long time now. But I think they've got a coach in place who has a good plan to try to do it. Earl Grant is in his second season now, and he's really changed the culture. Boston College is now built on hard-nosed defense, trying to kind of grind you out to get a win the way they did against Clemson on Tuesday night. And he's bringing in his kind of kids that he thinks will help him do that. Now, does that work in the ACC? Well, sure, it can. I mean, look at what Virginia's done for the last decade. But you got to get the right kind of athletes who can do it. Uh, you know, can can BC be a top three or four team in the ACC? I find that hard. Is it possible? Yeah. But could they be in the top half? Absolutely. Uh, it, it just hasn't happened for so long that it makes you it makes you question whether that is possible under the current landscape of the ACC and more broadly college basketball in general the way things work boston college has probably the worst facilities in the conference they don't have the same budget they don't have the same history as a lot of the ACC schools like syracuse for example um so there's a lot of work to do but i'll tell you this they're opening a new practice facility in fact the court on which they're going to now practice is just opening this weekend. They've been building it for almost a year. They're finally going to be able to shoot at the court, which is attached 
to Conte Forum where they play the games. So that'll be a big deal. I think Earl Grant has the right idea, and he's got the program going on the right track. And the question is, can they get the breaks they need and the athletes they need to make being a top-half team in the conference a reality? I don't – you know, I look into the crystal ball. I I don't know what the answer is. Um, And there have been a bunch of different coaches since Al Skinner who have been trying to come up with that formula. But Earl Grant is the latest one, and I really like Earl, and I think he's doing a great job. And I I really wish him the best. I hope they can do it. Uh, He said – I know I'm giving you a long-winded answer. He was asked a very similar question. He was on the ACC network the other day after the Clemson win. They kind of asked him the same thing, and and he said, when you're building a program, the first two years it's just basically like laying the foundation, and you have different expectations. He was really looking forward to the third season, which would be next year, and he said that's where you want to see Figgin growth, and that's where you really want to make some inroads. Uh, now, that's not to write off what's going to happen here over the next month and a half because, of course, BC wants to win and they want to make a run. Uh, but I think, truthfully, he thinks that really the, the best opportunity they have to make those inroads starts next year. Yeah, and and you look at the fact that they just beat Clemson and uh, you, you said they changed the culture. It, it seems like, anyway, that the guys are buying into the culture, and that's maybe job one, right? Get the guys to buy in, and then you can build from there. So uh, uh, hopefully uh, the, the future is bright for, for BC basketball. Josh, thanks so much for coming on. Uh, 5 o'clock tip tomorrow at County Forum. Uh, have a good broadcast, and hopefully we can do it again soon. I appreciate it, guys. It's a sellout, by the way. Is that right? At, at County Forum, yeah. And they don't have many of them in these parts. You know, this is a big pro sports town, so... They've sold all the seats, and we're hopeful that at least 50% of them will be wearing maroon and gold as opposed to <laughs> so, orange. So hang on. So since you brought up the sellout, I have to ask you this, because I saw it on the BC schedule that it said it is Karate Kid Day or Karate Kid Night. At, do you have any idea what Karate Kid Night is at County Forum? I, I All I know is they're giving away uh, Karate Kid-style headbands gotcha. to the students that okay. are coming in. And I know Ralph Macchio tweeted this morning a go boston college tweet oh. when he saw that it was karate kid night so <laughs> it's about the extent of the information i can I give you understand. I, if ralph macchio isn't throwing up the opening <laughs> tip i'm gonna be disappointed <laughs> <laughs> all right josh uh, thanks for coming on we're looking forward to it take care you bet guys okay right. good talking to you all right same to you uh josh mauer the uh the voice of what if you boston everybody that walks in gets crane kicked <laughs> right <laughs> Remember uh, Karate Kid Two, the uh, the little drums there. Do 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 do. Oh, that'd be so funny. <laughs> Sweep the legs. <laughs> Judah Mintz is at the free throw line. They all pull out those drums. Do 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 do. If they're not all like doing a wax on, wax off motion, while well, oh, there's so many possibilities with Karate Kid Night at Conti Forum. All right, we'll, uh, we'll hit a timeout here. Phone lines open the rest of hour We're number gonna one. We're going to play the match game if next. If you want to check in. Oh, that's right. We're doing the match game. Everybody's uh, favorite. How segment. cold is it? We'll find <laughs> out next on ESPN Radio.